Some of you, like Mark said, will be very familiar with my face, usually by the keyboard. Um, But for those of you who don't know me, my name is Hannah. Uh, I've been coming to this church with our three kids, my husband Ashley, for nine years. And um, I love my family. I love the Apex family. I love to laugh. I love to sing. I love to be creative. I love to worship. And I love Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father. And when we love God, we can be certain that we are loved by God. Because the Bible says... We love because he first loved us. I am excited to talk this morning. Um, It's been a journey. I've been really excited to talk. Then last night I was really nervous. Then this morning I was so nervous I felt sick. Then I was crying and I said, God, I'm not doing it. And now I'm back to excited, so it's it's good. (laughs) Um, Yes. Um... I'm going to share with you the account of Jonah and how the Father reveals his heart towards us and towards those who don't know him. Uh, But before we read, I'm going to pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that by your power we can be with Jesus who reveals the Father's heart to us. Thank you, Jesus, for dying the death you did so that we could have full access to the Father. And thank you, Father, for loving us unconditionally, for for pursuing us and for showing us your heart of love towards us. Please hold our hearts this morning and open them to see more of who you really are. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Now before we read, I've got my little helpers here, going to read read Jonah for me. I just wanted to say that I know the word Father can mean different things to different people. It can bring up a lot of different emotions. So can I gently ask you to lay down our own earthly father experiences, lay them into Jesus' hands so he can safely hold them because today I want to talk about the father of Jesus Christ, the father of all creation who loves us perfectly. Can I have my little readers, please? Oh yeah, please. Are you going to read with yours or mine? Yes, so you're going to do the first one. So you can, the kids are going to read. We're going to read the whole of Jonah. Uh, you're going to do number two. <laughs> so you can read along. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for that evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarish for, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give us a thought to us that we may not perish. And then 
And, no. and they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. Was it your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And, wh- and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the, lo- the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you, that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood for you. O Lord, have done, O Lord, have done as it pleases you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Well done. Thank you. Yes, you're number two. Thank you, Isabel. What do I read? Okay. So, chapter two, from here. From there to where? To there for now. Okay. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord... His God from the belly of the fish, saying... And then Jonah says a nice long prayer of repentance. Kind of. He kind of repents. He doesn't say sorry, really. No. No. But he does thank thank God for not abandoning him and for saving him. Yeah. And then to verse 10. Where am I going to? Right where my finger is. Oh. Is that where I stop? Yay! And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it formatted Jonah up on the dry land. Thank you very much. Done. Well done. Yeah? Okay, chapter three. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you, sir. I tell you. So Jonah rose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from the throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he is issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles that neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man 
and beasts be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Hooray! Thank you very much. You can use that one. Okay. But it it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry, and he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, For I knew that you are gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he could see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. Then the sun rose. God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity... Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle. Superstar. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now, I asked them this morning to read that, and they didn't read through it first, and they've done brilliantly. The story ends on a question. I've lost it. Um, yes. Uh, in which there are more, more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle, and that's where the story ends. There is a purpose to that, but I'm going to get to that later. When I first read through this story, what God first revealed to me was the heart of Jonah. 
I wonder how many of us have never heard this story before. Some of us will know it really well, and others of us, like me, would have shelved it as the children's Bible version, um, where it ends uh, on chapter 3. Chapter 4 doesn't really exist. Although I've read it, it seems to end with Jonah going to Nineveh, Nineveh repenting, and everyone's happy. And uh, we even read the children's Bible version because I was contemplating reading that instead of reading the whole thing because it would summarize. But even that ended where the boat was saved and Jonah was saved and Nineveh was saved. Hooray! (laughs) So it confused me when I found out that Jonah actually gets really angry at God for showing mercy and not destroying them. So angry that he would rather die than be with a God who is merciful to his enemies. He even threw it back at God, threw it back at God saying, you know, I can't believe that you were gracious and merciful and slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, things that we'd know would be amazing. But he throws them at God. Jonah did not share the father's heart for the city of Nineveh. I used to see chapter 4 as a real letdown. But now I see that it's in chapter 4 that God the Father reveals his heart for those who do not know him. Do you remember the plant that God grew in the night and at dawn it was eaten? Jonah pitied the plant even though he had no part in creating it, no part in its growth. He didn't care for the plant, but he was angry that it had been created and destroyed. The father asks Jonah, as you pity this plant, can I not care, care for and show mercy upon a city with 120,000 people whom I have created and I have labored over? The father loves them and desires that they would turn from their evil and know him. A people who don't know their left hand from their right, they don't know the truth. And as they hear that they will be destroyed, they turn, they repent and they praise God. Do we share the Father's heart for the lost? Does it break our hearts when people continue to live under sin, to live under shame, depression, sadness and loneliness? Or are our hearts hardened? There's another story in, uh, in the Bible, the New Testament, uh, Luke 15. We read the story of the prodigal son. You know that one? Who remembers the, who remembers the brother? In the field, when the son who had left the family, taken his, his, his inheritance, spent it all, had nothing left, ended up by feeding pigs, which Isabel loves, but at that point that would have been the worst thing, the lowest of the low. He realized that even his father's servants at home were treated better than him, and they had more than he did. So he returns home hoping to be a servant in his father's house, only to find that his father had been watching for him, and had run to him, had welcomed him as a son, not a servant, and threw him a huge party. Meanwhile, his brother, who's working in the fields, when the father calls out to him to say that his other son had returned, this brother was angry that this other son had been thrown a party. Why didn't he have a party thrown for him? He had been there the whole time. The father said... All that I have is yours. But your brother was dead and is now alive. That is worth celebrating. 
Do we celebrate with the Father when hearts are turned back to him? Or are we thinking, well, what about me? I didn't walk away. I've, I've been faithfully serving you and I didn't get all of this. If that is you, me, us, the Father says to you today, all that I have is yours now. Come to me and let me remind you how much I love you. If we do not share the Father's heart for the lost, I wonder, do we understand the Father's heart for us? Perhaps we are angry at him. Perhaps, we own, perhaps our own experiences with our imperfect fathers, which Jesus is holding this morning, has got in the way of us drawing close to Jesus' Father. Uh, I've got some, some verses that are going to go up on the screen. I'm going to read them out. The first one is 1 Corinthians 13. And these are verses, oh, there's so many verses about God's love. I just had to pick a few. But this first one is what love is. You may know it. If you've been to a wedding, you probably know this one. Um, But also, because God is love, we can swap this word for God the Father is patient and kind. He does not envy or boast. He is not arrogant or rude. He does not insist on his own way. God the Father is not irritable or resentful. He does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. He bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. His love for you never ends. Numbers 14, verse 18. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression. Maybe I should read up there just in case. The next one, 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. 1 John 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You may have also come up with other verses in your mind. There are so many. Why do we need to know the Father's heart? How do we get to know the Father's heart? There is another passage in 2 Chronicles uh, from verse 20 and it speaks about Judah being surrounded by five armies all declaring war against Judah. King Jehoshaphat funny names inquires of God we're surrounded the enemy is all around what are we going to do? And the Lord says tell the Levites the worshippers to go before you. So they rose early in the morning into the wil- and went into the wilderness. Jehoshaphat says, Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. I like the word established because the word arise, when God said to Jonah, arise and go, that arise means stand up, uh, establish yourself, set your course. 
and then he says, praise the Lord for his, they, they praise him and praise the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. As they praised, the Lord sent ambushes for, for the enemies. They declared his love with their praise and the Lord fought their battles. He fights our battles. We can waste so much time trying to fight our own battles, not knowing the Father, trying to live our life apart from him. We can try to live our life without spending time with him, but then how will we get to know him? Sometimes we say, and I definitely used to say this, but God knows I'm busy, and we live under God's grace. He gets it. He understands. Now imagine if I'd said that to my husband. I could come here and hang out on a Sunday and let you tell me... No, sorry. I could come here on a Sunday and hang out and tell him how amazing he is with all of you guys together, which he would love. Actually, he honestly, he honestly wouldn't. He would hate that. But for the sake of this analogy, he would love it. And I could hear all about Ashley from you guys each week. But unless I spend time with him every day, I'm only going to know about him. I'm not going to know him. Jonah knew about God. He knew God would be gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, relenting from disaster. Remember, he threw that back in God's face. He even knew the voice of God and the presence of God because that is what he was running from. But he missed the heart. Romans 2 verse 4. Do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Do we say, it's okay, God is kind and patient and he understands when actually that kindness and patience and grace is there to lead us to repent, to turn back to him. Um, I love this quote. It's by a guy called Dave Devonish. Some of you will know him. It's in this group, our group of churches. But he says, I believe in God's grace and the response that it demands. It's actually funny. I can't see the clock at all from this angle. There we go. Thanks. <laughs> Although I've got a clock here. It's funny. Thank you. As we fix our eyes on the Father, we stop fighting and losing our own battles. And remember that some battles are God-given. The storm was God-given in the story of Jonah. Are we going to arise, to stand, to fix our course towards the Father's heart, to obey his commands knowing that he is good? If you want to know what the Father's heart is like, look at Jesus. If you want to know the, heart, the Father's heart for you, look at Jesus. If you want to know what he asks you to do, listen to Jesus. Jesus only did what the Father told him to do. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father has given his Son to us as a gift. His Son, Jesus Christ, who is now alive and sits at the right hand of the Father... Jesus reveals the Father to us. And he only does what the Father tells him to do. 
John 14, verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And later on in that chapter, he says, Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Jesus is the way to the Father. You are the Father's decision. This is all of you. Don't think this is not for you, for the person to the right or left. All of you are the Father's decision. He chose you. He formed you. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. And he loves you. As I said earlier, the book of Jonah finishes with a question from God. For Jonah, to receive and understand the heart of God. We don't know what Jonah's response was, but what will our response be? We have an opportunity now to hear the Father's heart and to know him. Not just know about him. God wanted Jonah to know his heart Because now we have something better. We have Jesus himself, who shows us his father and brings us into his very presence. I'm going to end. I'm actually going to sing you a song. Over there, not with this thing there. Not Madonna style. Um, But I'd like to pray first. Father God, I thank you that you are good. I thank you that you are perfect. And I thank you that you are a God of such gentle kindness and love. Jesus, I thank you for what you have done so that you show us to the Father. That you are the way to the perfect Father where we find our security, our peace, our purpose, we find out who we truly are when we find out who you are, Father God. Thank you, Father, for your love. The song I'm going to sing is called Jesus, Take Me to Your Father. And it's, it's a song about literally what is called Jesus taking us to his father because we might have some very strange ideas on what it means to be father or to have a father but Jesus' father is perfect and he's good and he's kind and that's where we need to be
Oh, cool.